Welcome to the OA Light a Candle Meeting Podcast. Visit our website at www.oalaig.org where you will find three separate speaker feeds with over 200 speaker files, forms for ordering CDs for these speakers, and a place to donate to keep this special service active. I would now like to introduce our speaker for tonight, Jim. Do I have to read anything? No. Okay. No. Uh, Well, let's see. I'm a compulsive overeater, and I'm Jim. Hi, Jim. And um, uh, let's see. Uh, I guess it's okay for you to forget my name, but I I need you to remember that I'm a compulsive overeater. That's the important uh, thing here. That's why I'm here. So, uh, welcome to the new people. And, uh, let's see. Well, uh, I guess a little uh, disoriented here. I got a little confused with your parking problem here. And so, uh, we parked out front here on the street, and then I put my credit card in the machine, the parking meter, because we didn't have any quarters, of course. And it would only register one hour. So I'm slamming on the button, trying to get it to go to two hours. And then we finally figure out, well, we can only park here for one hour. So then we thought, well, Sally, my friend Sally came with me tonight, by the way. This is Sally, my girlfriend. And so then we thought, well, Sally can run down halfway through the meeting and put, it, put another uh, dollar or two dollars in the, in the meter. But I think these meters are smart enough that if you don't move your car, you can't put another another dollar, two dollars in there, can you? Okay, so we figured that out, and then we started to panic. And so uh, then uh, the custodian guy came up, and he says, well, you can park out back, and he took us and showed us, but we didn't know how to get back there, so we finally figured that out. We came back there, and all the, of course, all the spaces are full, because you don't have a speaker parking space. And then... Uh, <laughs> So then uh, the custodian was nice enough to work our car into a spot there where he thought it would be okay. So we got that dilemma solved. And so uh, I guess the terror kind of came down a little bit. So I'm glad to be here, and I always feel uh, good to be in a meeting of uh, OA, Readers Anonymous. Or, uh, you know, uh, an AA... Uh, they say that AA stands for Altered Attitudes, Altered Attitudes. And so uh, when I came to OA, I thought, well, that's kind of cute to use that in in AA. So I say OA stands for Overhauled Attitudes. So if you're new here, that's what we're trying to do is overhaul your attitude. So sometimes it works and sometimes it doesn't. Um, Anyway, let's see where I should start here. Well, I don't want to talk a lot about uh, what happened. I guess a little bit I could tell you. I mean, I was the kind of guy that, uh, you know, I could get through the day all right, and then when I got in the evening, uh, man, uh, I'd have dinner, and then about 7 o'clock I would start eating, and I would eat till 3 o'clock in the morning, and I'd usually sit by myself uh, in my den with the TV on and bring in trays of food, and I'd just sit there till 3 in the morning. I was just happy as a lark. And uh, so that was my pattern. And I couldn't stop it. No matter what I tried, I could not stop it. And so um, I uh, 
Well, I ultimately uh, got to I got to OA at the direction of a sponsor in another program, uh, who was a medical doctor of all things, and uh, a medical doctor, and uh, he had a medical twist and direction for everything. And uh, anyway. Uh, he was not a compulsive overeater, though. That he definitely was not. But he recognized that I was. I don't know how. But he recognized that I was. And at the time, I weighed uh, 255 pounds. And uh, I had developed uh, a lot of health problems uh, around this disease. I uh, had a couple of heart angioplasties and, uh, and contracted onset diabetes and... Uh, was taking handfuls of medication to uh, try to keep my uh, body stabilized, but uh, I wasn't doing well. And uh, so uh, and that was uh, uh, 12 years ago, over 12 years ago. Yeah. So uh, he said, why don't you go to OA? Why don't you go to OA? I said, OA? you got to be kidding me, man. I... <laughs> That's a program for Jewish women. What would I be going to Why would I want to go to OA? That whole notion is uh, just disgusting. I, I said, uh, you know, uh, and, uh, but I, he, you know, he said, well, uh, do what you want, but I suggest you give it a try. So I, I always did what he suggested, even though I didn't want to a lot of the time. So I came to you guys, and uh, I... Uh, it was a men's meeting, morning meeting, where they ate breakfast, believe it or not, OA meeting. I don't know if they have them up here, but that was what that one was. And everybody was eating like mad, and I said, wow, okay. you know, it just, none of it made any sense. It just didn't make any sense. And I certainly didn't see any recovery in that meeting at all. And uh, I, so I went back to my doctor's sponsor, and I told him, you know what, <laughs> you know, I'm sick. I'll admit, I'm sick. But I'm not as sick as you guys. I'm, not a, I'm nowhere as sick as those guys. I, I'm just not. I don't fit in no way. He said, all right, do what you want. And uh, so he got a little frustrated with me. And um, then, of course, things get worse. This is a progressive uh, disease we have here. And uh, my health got worse. And... Um, I uh, I guess uh, my cardiologist, I went to my cardiologist and uh, when I developed the onset diabetes after all the heart problems, and um, that was in 1990. And he said, uh, his words were, he said, you know, the clock is running on you now. Diabetes and heart problems are not a good combination to have. And uh, you, you know, that's what he said. And I, what he was saying is, you're going to die. You're dying and you're going to die. <clears throat> so uh, I thought, well, that's not good. And I thought, well, uh, you know, still I didn't think OA was going to work for me. But... Uh, um, you know, and my sponsor told me, he said, I'm not going to bring it up again. I'm not going to bring OA up again to you. You went. You don't like it. That's fine with me. Don't, don't, uh, don't bring this, this, this subject up again. So anyway, uh, he could see I was getting uh, worse physically. And he said, uh, you know, I told you I wasn't going to bring this up again. <laughs> but I am. And uh, <clears throat> why don't you, and this gets back to this attitude thing you're talking about. 
he said to me, Jim, why don't you go back to OA and try changing your attitude? Just change your attitude and go back. Mm-hmm. So I thought, well, okay. You know, what have I got to lose here? I'm dying anyway, so I might as well go back. So uh, I went back to another meeting, a Wednesday night meeting over in Laguna Hills down in Orange County. And um, I thought, well, before I walk in here, I'm going to change this gun. I'm going to prove him wrong is what I was trying to do. I'm going to change my attitude before I go into this meeting. I'll change my attitude. And I know it's not going to work, but I'm going to try it anyway. So I walked in, and uh, I knew what to do because I had been in uh, 12-step programs uh, for a good deal of time. And so I was greeting people and setting up chairs and smiling and uh, acting like an idiot. And... and uh, uh, <laughs> And I thought, my God, this isn't as bad as I thought it was the first time. It's not near as bad as I thought it was. And, uh, <clears throat> geez, I thought, this is going so well that uh, I, think I'll, uh, I think I'll get an, and I was suggesting to me that I get an OA sponsor. Uh, and so, uh, first guy I saw that I thought knew anything about anything, I asked him to be my sponsor. So, uh, that's how my experience in OA started, and uh, that was my, the next day was my first day of abstinence, abstinence. Uh, And um, so my sponsor uh, was a guy from up in this area, and some of you probably knew him, his name was Scott Redman, and he came around these rooms uh, off and on. Uh, and uh, he passed away here uh, some years ago. But anyway, uh, Scott was my first OA sponsor. And uh, so I said, um, you know, what do you want me to do? What do you want me to do? What, what do I do here? And he said, well, he said, uh, now this is my first day of, of, of abstinence again. And uh, uh, he said, uh, you call me before you do something. You call me before you do something. He said, don't call me after you do it. He says, yeah, I can't help you then. He said, you call me before you do it. I said, okay, I'll call you. So, again, uh, I go. my days, uh, this is my pattern, and I, I didn't think it was going to change any just because he told me to do something or just because I came to you guys. Uh, but I had been eating uh, compulsively uh, for... Um, well, I'm 68 now, in the 12 years, so do the math. I've been eating that way all my adult life. And, um, but anyway, uh, I could have a moderate breakfast, nothing, moderate lunch, nothing, moderate dinner. About 7 o'clock, I was headed for the kitchen. That was my pattern and had been for, for my adult life, basically. So this is my first day, and uh, it gets, gets to be 7 o'clock. And uh, I get up and I head for the kitchen. That's where that's what I that's just like a wind-up toy, like a trained pig. I <laughs> uh, head for the kitchen. I had, uh, I'm standing in the kitchen and I had my cell phone. I had my cell phone with me. So I said, "Well, Scott said uh, <coughs> to uh, call him before I did something." And I said, "Well, I don't know what he could possibly say that would deter me. You know, what, doing what I'm going to do. I know what I'm going to do." But I was I was uh, uh, I was willing to to do what he told me, okay. And so I called him up and I said, Scott, this is Jim. And I said, seven 
clock here and uh, I'm uh, standing in the kitchen and I'm getting ready to do what I've always done and I said, I don't know what you could possibly say that would change this, change this course of events that I'm on. And uh, I, as I recall, it was a very short conversation and then he said, you better start praying and he hung up. <laughs> well, I said uh, to myself, <laughs> I said, that is the most stupid goddamn thing I've ever heard in my life. What possible good could me praying have? have well, there's no way that's going to, that couldn't possibly work. But again, I thought, well, he told me to do it, I'm going to do it, and then I'll go ahead and do what I'm going to do. So I couldn't think of any prayers at that moment. Uh, so I thought, well, I'll just make one up real quick here. And I said, God, uh, relieve me of this obsession to compulsively overeat. God, relieve me of this obsession to compulsively overeat. Now, I stood in that kitchen for, I don't know how long, I just stood there for about... Uh, Oh, five minutes, say, five minutes, not very long. And I turned around and I walked out of that kitchen and I have been absent from that date to this. Mm-hmm. Now, I want to tell you this. Probably that was some kind of spiritual experience. But I'll tell you the bad thing about spiritual experiences. They don't last very long. They don't last very long. And uh, uh, at any rate, uh, that was my first day. But I learned something uh, in that Uh, exchange with him and that experience and that was this that I could connect with a higher power and deter myself for one day one day I could do that so uh, I uh, uh, I guess a good time now to share with you what what abstinence by the way anything I say here is just in my this is my experience I'm I'm no expert although I think I am, but I'm not. I'm not an expert. Uh, this is just my experience. So you take it what it's worth. <clears throat> uh, and sometimes my opinion comes into this, and this is my opinion. OA has never had uh, a clear definition of what abstinence is. So, uh, they come up with these uh, definitions that are vague and don't make much sense from time to time, and they change them from time to time, which always makes me think, uh, out there in the desert in New Mexico, they're not quite sure what what it is. So I thought I'm going to do only a service, and I will define abstinence for them. So, uh, so here it goes. Abstinence to me is a spiritual condition. I figured that out on that first day. It's a spiritual condition. There is no more to it. There's, there's no more to it. Uh, and uh, it is this: the God given power to stop compulsively overeating. That's the definition of abstinence, and abstinence, again, a spiritual condition. That's my experience, and that's, that's how I see it. Okay. Uh, now, <coughs> um, how do I get into that spiritual condition? How, I'm going to share with you how I got into that spiritual condition. Okay. And uh, the first thing and most important tool uh, that I had when I came here was a food plan. Food plan. Uh, and um, let's see. There, uh, I thought, well, what's the difference between a food plan and a diet? What's the difference? 
Well, there is no difference. There is no difference whatsoever. A food plan is a diet. And in and of itself, okay? And anybody that's been around here any length of time, you wouldn't be here if diets worked. So I thought, well, why have a food plan? We know diets don't work, so now you're telling me to uh, construct a diet. (coughs) Okay, now, here's what's different for me between a diet and a food plan. A food plan is a spiritual tool. It's a spiritual tool. It's not a diet. It's a spiritual tool. It's a boundary that I establish uh, that I do not cross. Okay? And it has changed minutely over my 12 years uh, in uh, OA, but very little. Very little. It's three moderate meals a day, nothing in between, and I uh, isolate a few items, uh, recreational sugar and uh, caffeine and a few other things that I isolate. And, uh, but it is a boundary. It's a very fine line. Uh, and oftentimes, and I thought too, one of my reasons for not coming to OA is that I thought, well, it's, the whole premise is ridiculous because you can't stop eating. There's no way you can't stop eating. Everybody knows that, right? So how could OA possibly work? Uh, well, um, we don't stop eating. No more than alcoholics stop drinking. They don't stop drinking. They just stop drinking alcohol. And what we do, we don't stop eating, we stop compulsively overeating. And so I recognized that my problem, I never had a problem eating. My problem was stopping. That was my problem, stopping, okay? And uh, so uh, that food plan uh, was my boundary uh, that I established. And if I were to step over that boundary, it is no different than an alcoholic taking a drink. I'm either abstinent or I'm not abstinent. It's, that's the way it is with me. I'm, uh, maybe I'm a little uh, hard, or defined, but that's the way it is for me. And I hear oftentimes people come in here from other programs and they, oh, well, we just stopped drinking. That was easy. But here, you, you can't stop eating. Uh, well, uh, I have never bought into the idea that I'm a food addict. I, I just, I, I don't. I don't. I just never found any evidence that that was true. Uh, but I am addicted to something, and that is, I am addicted to the act of compulsive overeating. I'm addicted to the act of compulsive overeating. I am not addicted to food, uh, and this is just me. I'm, I'm not uh, trying to force this on anybody else. But that's my view of this thing. So my solution to that addiction, uh, again, is these 12 steps that we offer here, the spiritual solution. And I also buy into the idea that that, uh, that addiction to compulsive overeating uh, is a disease. We, uh, we uh, uh, embrace that in a disease concept. So, okay. So to me, a disease is a medical problem. It's a medical problem. It's... And I uh, never thought for a minute, and I, I don't think I will ever buy into the idea that this is a psychological or a psychiatric problem, uh, although some people think it is. Uh, oh, geez, I, had, I was raised by wolves, and uh, now I've got to compulsively overeat in order to deal with that uh, trauma in my life. Well, I think, uh, I don't know. For me, that wasn't true. I certainly had traumatic things uh, in my life that happened, but uh, that act of compulsive overeating had to relieve that emotional distress or I wouldn't be here talking to you tonight. That's plain and simple to me. 
So, getting back to the food plan. Okay, I established this food plan. That's my boundary. I do not cross it. It's a final line as it is for an alcoholic. I'm either abstinent or not abstinent. Sober or not sober. I mean, it's just, it's just that simple. So, uh, I've got that tool. That now, now, to make it into a spiritual tool, uh, I had to do a couple of things. And one was this. I had to, uh, I had to write it down. And I, I have my food plan written down in black and white. And I keep it... Uh, on my desk, uh, and if I have, uh, t- uh, ch- uh, you know, if I have to make a modification to it for some reason, I do, but they're usually small modifications, and, uh, but, uh, anyway, that basic food plan is written down, I have shared it with my sponsor, and I've shared and committed it to my sponsor, and I, uh, have shared it and committed it with my higher power. So now it becomes not a diet anymore, but a spiritual tool to help you to get abstinent. Okay? Uh, now, let's say this here. Okay. So a food plan and adhering to a food plan is, uh, does not result in abstinence necessarily. A food plan, uh, as I said, is my tool to get abstinent. So that's my tool to get abstinent. Now, uh, in my case, I did have a symptom of, of obesity. Not everybody that comes in here does, though, obviously. And, uh, but I did. And it, but it was just a symptom. It was just a symptom. Uh, not everybody that's obese in this world is a compulsive overeater. That's just not true. And, uh, and, and, uh, uh, a lot of people that come in here, and I sponsor guys that are perfectly normal body weight that are stone cold compulsive overeaters. So I've, I just, uh, not found a lot of correlation. But it is a symptom. It's a symptom, okay? And I did have that symptom. So, um, Anyway, uh, I've got my food plan, my, my, uh, my spiritual tool to get abstinence, which is a spiritual condition, okay? And then if I have that uh, symptom, uh, I'm relieved of it. Uh, that's, that's how it works. It's a, it's, a, it's a result of being abstinent, of being in that spiritual condition. So, uh, anyway, so much for that deal. Now, um, so I, uh, I have a sponsor... Uh, and I've worked the steps here, which is very important. I don't believe I could have ever got abstinent without the steps. Uh, I think that is basically our program. And uh, so I'd just like to share with you a little bit of my experience with the steps. And I, uh, I, gee, I don't want you to think that I'm reinterpreting the steps. What I'm sharing with you here is my experience with the steps. That's all my experience, okay? You can take it for what it's worth. I think it was uh, extremely important for me to have a good understanding of the first three steps as a foundation to go into the rest of the steps. If I have anything in those first three steps with somebody that I sponsor that I don't feel is really uh, gone over thoroughly and they have a a good grasp on it, I don't go any further because I think it's, for me, it's been pointless to go into a fourth step unless those first three steps, that has really been my foundation uh, for the rest of the steps. So, um, I want to, I can't go through every step with you. I'm sure you guys want to hear that. But I'll, I want to share a little bit about a couple steps that are pivotal, I think, uh, for me or in my recovery. And, uh, well, anyway, let's start with the third step. Okay, when I, uh, when I first did the, uh, I'll go back to this old doctor who was a total pain in the ass. I mean, a total pain. In, he's dead now, too. But anyway, uh, you know, uh, when I first got him as a sponsor in my other program, 
I don't know what I, I was, what was I thinking when I picked this guy? I knew what I was thinking. He was old. And I thought, well, he won't be around long. And he, he's not very active. And I'm going to, you know, I'll call him once in a while. And uh, that'll be it. Well, I picked the wrong guy. I picked the wrong guy. This guy was a very active guy. Uh, and, uh, I mean, he just drove me nuts. And I couldn't get rid of the guy. I mean, he was in front of my house picking me up, taking me to meetings, uh, wanted a double date with me and my uh, wife. And, uh, uh, you know, I, I couldn't, I couldn't, I said, when is this guy going to die? And I, uh, <laughs> anyway, um, I worked the steps with him. And uh, I want to share a little bit about the third step because it was very important. And hideous idea. Uh, we got to the third step and uh, he said now uh, what I did and and when he said what I did that means this is what I want you to do so he said what I did is I went to an office supply store and I got myself uh, a limited partnership agreement okay and the general partner uh, was my higher power and I was the limited partner okay I'm thinking, this already doesn't sound good. And so, then he wanted me to list everything on both sides of that. You know, uh, what, my, what I expected my higher power to do. What his responsibilities were going to be. And then the other side, what my responsibilities were going to be. Okay, Because I'm going into this partnership with my higher power in the third step. So I thought, oh my God. So anyway, I went out to the... Uh, office supply store. I, luckily, I couldn't find one of these agreements. I don't know whether they stopped printing them or what, but anyway, so I just had to make the list, the list. And uh, so, uh, in my list, I, he finally prompted me a little bit, but uh, what it boiled down to this, you know, that my job was to do the work, okay? And of course, he was this, my higher power. He was the senior partner. His job was to do the worrying. He does the worrying, and I do the work, Okay? And so I got to go to meetings and work the steps and sponsor people and have a commitment and blah, 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 everything else we do in here. And then uh, all he has to do is worry. That's all he has to do is worry. He does the worrying. And so, um, but he doesn't do any of the work. He will not do any of the work. My higher power won't do any of the work, see. Now, here's the importance of this, I think, at least in my experience, this is the importance of this. Uh, when I start doing the worrying, he has nothing to do. He has absolutely nothing to do because he's not going to do the work. He's not going to go to meetings for me. He's not going to fill in on my commitment. He's not going to take the phone calls from people I sponsor or anything of the sort. He's just not going to do that. So when I start doing the worrying, he has nothing to do, absolutely nothing to do. And so he just stands there and watches me uh, make an idiot out of myself in effect. And so, um, and I still do that. I still get into the worry occasionally. But today I know as a result of that third step that I have a choice in the deal and that I can uh, stop the worry and let him do his job. I do the work. And then of all things, things turn out just the way they're supposed to. Isn't that amazing? I don't have to worry about them. They're going to turn out just, if I want to worry about them, that's okay. But they're still going to turn out just the way they're supposed to. Right? So why worry about them? Uh, so I thought, oh, what a revelation here. Uh, uh, I thought, uh, this is great. So I alleviate myself of the worry. And, uh, uh, and 
uh, that's the process of that third step. Then I can go ahead and go into a fourth step, okay? In my fourth step, so forth. Okay, now I'm going to jump to the eleventh step here. And I'm not suggesting anybody do this, but I haven't got enough time to share everything. So, anyway, um, let's see where I'm going to start with that eleventh step deal. Uh, okay, I'm going back to this doctor again. As I said, I was in horrible health. Uh, I weighed 255 pounds. I don't know what the word exercise meant. Uh, I didn't want to hear about it. I, I don't want any part of it. it I'm, I'm uh, getting older now. I live my life without exercising. Don't even say the word, okay? And so uh, I went to him, and uh, I was in the back of my mind, I'd been wrestling with a, a low-grade depression, I guess. Not diagnosed or clinical, but just low-grade depression a lot of my life. And so I went with to him with the idea that he would write me a prescription for uh, uh, some kind of something to make me feel a little better, to relieve me of the depression. Well, he'd have no part of that. And he said, you know what I do? And I said, I'm afraid to ask. And he's, <laughs> he said, I get on the treadmill. This guy's in his 80s. I get on the treadmill every morning for 45 minutes and, uh, and work out. And I'm thinking... Uh oh, and uh, so he says, I suggest that you try. Ex-, he said, I always try people that come to me with depression. First, you try exercise. You know, it doesn't work for everybody, uh, but try it first. And I said, Oh God, okay. So I go home and uh, I get home, and I'm sitting on the couch, and uh, I thought, Well, I'm going to try it. So I thought, Well, I'll start out easy here. I'm just going to walk around the block. So I got my dog, and I walked around the block, and I'm sweating profusely. I'm, I could hardly breathe. I got back in the house, and I sat down on the couch, and I said, oh, my God, I'm going to die here. And uh, I, uh, But I did it. You know, I did it. And then uh, pretty soon, uh, I did it again the next day. And pretty soon, I'm walking around the block two or three times, and... and uh, I'm uh, starting to feel better, and oh, hey, you guys are starting to work, and uh, you know, the, and the whole thing is kind of getting a snowball effect now. And so, uh, I, uh, uh, um, a guy that he also sponsored was a runner. He was a friend of mine. He was a runner, and uh, I lived by a high school, and he used to come get up at five o'clock every morning. This guy, and he'd run around that track for I don't know how long. So. Um, I'm doing, you know, my walking around the block, and my sponsor's all excited, you know, and my doctor's thinking, what the hell is going on with this guy? Uh, so my friend says, hey, listen, why don't you come over to the high school with me? I get up at 5 o'clock in the morning, and while I'm running around the track, you can walk around the track. And I said, well, I don't know, Chris. I said, I, I don't know if I could actually walk a whole quarter mile around that track. And he said, come on, you, 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 go give it a try. So uh, I go over to the track with him at 5 in the morning, and, uh, and I'll be damned if I didn't make it all the way around that track. I walked a whole quarter of my life, so proud of myself. I went home, I called my sponsor, and uh, I said, gee, I, you know, and so uh, anyway, I start doing this every morning with him, and, uh, and I'm walking, and pretty soon, I, I don't know, I probably got up to five laps. I'm walking around there, five laps, and I'm really, I'm a marathoner, so... <laughs> 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 and, uh, but anyway, 
uh, you know, the recovery is happening in OA. I'm losing weight, my health, I'm feeling better. And, uh, you know, my uh, symptoms that my doctor sees with the blood tests and everything are starting to look a little better. And, and, uh, so uh, one day uh, my friend says, well, listen, you've been doing so good at walking around here. Why don't you just try to run, try to run a whole lap around here? I said, well, I don't think I'd better try that. I said, I... Uh, you know, I've got heart problems and uh, diabetes. And I said, I know that uh, my cardiologist would never approve of me trying anything like that. <laughs> and so I told that to my sponsor, too. And he says, why don't you go ask your cardiologist? Uh, so uh, my cardiologist got named Greg. And uh, so I went to Greg and I said, hey, Greg, you know, uh, I was going for my checkups. Ten minutes, okay. And so... Um, I said, you know, I've got this friend of mine, and i got this other crazy doctor on my back that thinks I should exercise. And now they think I should try to run, uh, you know, a quarter mile around this track. And I said, I told them you would never, ever approve of anything like that. <laughs> and he took one look at me, and he said, you know, <laughs> he said, considering the shape you're in, Anything is worth the risk. <laughs> so, <laughs> over I go to the track. And I thought, okay, I'll try it. So I'll be damned if I didn't wasn't able to run around that track. I ran all the way around that track. And uh, pretty soon I'm running around the track, and I'm running around the track. And, and uh, uh, I mean, things are just changing quickly. I, I guess that's the only way to put it. So, um, uh, anyway, my friend, who I'm running with now, we're running partners now. I don't run as far as he did, but I call him my running partner. So, uh, he has a change in schedule, and he can't do that in the morning anymore. And I said, oh, this is bad, because uh, Jim is not real good at doing things on his own. You know, I like to have a partner to help me, give me a little encouragement. So, I went back to my uh, sponsor, and I said, you know, uh, uh, I'm losing my running partner, and uh, uh, I don't have anybody to run with in the morning. I'm afraid that if I don't have somebody to kind of help me out, I'm not going to do it anymore. And he said, well, I'll tell you what. He said, why don't you... This is getting to finally getting to this 11th step. Uh, he said, why don't you make that your 11th step time? Okay, so that you do your prayer and meditation, and uh, you know, you're uh, asking for knowledge of his will for you and the power to carry that out. And I said, okay, well, I'll, uh, I'll try that. And uh, so uh, that's what I did. I made it my 11th step time. And as I told you earlier, you know, the word exercise, I did not like at all. And so I figured, well, now that I'm doing my 11th step uh, with this deal, well, I will call it spiritual activity. That sounds a lot more palatable than exercise, okay? So it's now spiritual activity. Or 11-step action. It's the action I put to my 11th step. And so that's an example how I've incorporated uh, an action into my program through the steps. That's my 11th step time, and I still do it. Okay. So um, uh, I want to get through this quick because i got one more thing I, want, I wanted to share with you. Uh, so anyway, um, that's working great, doing my 11th step. Spiritual activity. Uh, so I now got a running partner. So I thought, well, I got a good idea. I'll ask my higher power to be my running partner. How's that? That might work. 
So I, uh, I never got a direct answer. But I did ask him to be my running partner. And uh, he uh, shows up every morning with his shoes on. I don't know what it is. I can't get out of bed. I don't want to get out of bed. It's cold. It's rainy. Uh, I get out of bed, and uh, he gives me the power to go do this running and my exercise. I go to the gym with him. I go do my exercise. But it's all incorporated as a part of my program. That exercise is, is now part and parcel of my recovery uh, uh, via the 11th step, okay? So uh, he's my running partner. Okay, he's my exercise partner. And I share those times with him. And, uh, and uh, the basis I see here is that what we do here, uh, and I believe in all 12-step programs after the first step, is we share. We share uh, our experience. I'm doing a 12-step here. I'm sharing my experience, strength, and hope with you. Uh, we share our seventh tradition, money we collect together to pay for things. But we share here. We, we, it's based on sharing. Okay. So, um, now, I want to get back to that food plan, and then I'm going to stop. Uh, uh, and this has been the real key to my recovery in OA. I know about this sharing thing. I know about this sharing thing. I know how well it works. I know how well it worked in my running. I know how well it worked in my exercise. I'm, I, and and, and uh, that third step. I'm not... Now, this is my experience with that third step. Again, I'm not trying to redefine it. I, not, I wasn't just turning my life and my will over to the care of my heart part. He was now my partner, and I was sharing it with him. Sharing it. Always sharing. And... Uh, he seems to like that a lot better than me just giving him my problems and hoping he'll fix them and give them back to me. I haven't had much luck with that. I don't know about you guys. But when I ask him to share problems with me or ask for help, it works very well. So, let's get to the uh, food plan deal again. Okay. So, I thought this has worked well uh, for me. And uh, I thought, uh, I am now going to try sharing my meals with him. Okay, so what I do is uh, before I have my meal, uh, I, I, I ask him for an abstinent, moderate, and spiritual meal. It's a spiritual exercise, remember, spiritual exercise, just like the exercise. The meal is also a spiritual exercise. Uh, come and share this meal with me. Thank you for this uh, gift of this food you give me for no other reason so that I can be of service to you. That's all the food I need. What you give me is what... I need to be of service to you. Come and share this gift of abstinence which you have given me. And so, uh, uh, now I don't know if my higher power is a compulsive overeater, but I can tell you this, he has never missed a meal in 12 years. He has never missed a meal. And so, when I go through that procedure, and then when the meal's over, thank you for that abstinent, modern, spiritual meal. Thank you. Uh, it's over. Okay? Uh, it's, now, I, I, uh, I don't want to hurt anybody's feelings here, but when I first came into OA, I used to hear this story about tigers in cages, you know, taking the tiger out of the cage three times a day. I don't know if you guys ever heard that one. Uh, I don't hear it much anymore. But I thought, when I first heard that story, I said, that's what I'm doing now. Why do I, <laughs> who wants to live like that? I don't want to live like that. Uh, every time I ever took the tiger out of the cage, it ate me. I, I don't want to live like that. I, I, uh, that's not abstinence to me. Uh, that is something else. Oh, that's a diet or something. I don't know what that is. And uh, uh, 
uh, and also it leads to the notion that somehow OA has figured out a way to indulge in something they're addicted to and nothing happens. Uh, that doesn't make any sense to me either. So um, um, that time that I, uh, that I have during that meal is with him and that exercise, making it a spiritual exercise, is the safest, most serene, calm place that I spend in the course of my day. There is no threat. I'm not looking at a tiger in a cage or hanging on by my fingernails or anything of the sort. It is something I look forward to. I enjoy the food. Uh, there's just no threat. There's no fear or threat in it. Okay? So that works for me extremely, extremely well. And uh, now, how much time do I have here? Three minutes? Three minutes? Okay, I'll just finish up here. Now, I got to thinking, well, I got these three moderate meals and nothing in between. And I thought, well, I'm sharing the meals with my higher power. That works just great. No problems. I'm sharing my exercise. Okay. Then I started thinking one day, well, what about the in-betweens? What about the in-betweens? Those seem to be very important to me because that's when I'm not eating. That's when I'm not eating. And uh, I thought, well, I'm going to start to make a game out of bringing my higher power into the in-betweens because he works well at the meal. Well, I just dump him after the meal. Uh, I'll bring him into uh, the rest of my day. And so I make it a game. It's a game. And I, uh, if I'm having a problem, hey, come and share the problem with me. Don't, uh, you know, I'm not saying, here, take this problem and get back to me when you get it fixed. Here's the problem. Come and share this problem with me. And boy, it works wonderfully. You know, it's diminished... Yeah, uh, I'm not saying it's taken away, but it's diminished. It does not uh, interfere uh, with my abstinence in any way. Uh, and so I continue to expand on those in-betweens. Now, my goal, and I don't know if I'll ever reach it, but my goal, I guess, is this. At some point, it would be really neat, I thought, if I could just have that whole deal all spiritual from morning till night, you know, and my meals, my exercise, my in-betweens, which are very important, and the whole thing just becomes one big spiritual mess, so to speak. So, uh, anyway, that's what, I, that's what I strive for here. And uh, I will thank my friend Mickey for asking me up here. It's always a delight to see you. And, and uh um, and I'm glad to be here. And um, let's see, what else is I going to tell you? Oh, that I love you very much. I don't want to forget to tell you that. I love you all very much. And if you're new, uh, it's just like going to school. You buy the textbook and you come to class. you got to come to class. You can't just buy the book. you got to come to class. And then you study the book and you do the steps. And then you, you, you don't get a degree here, though, but you kind of become a winner. That's like our definition, passing the course. You become a winner here. And so uh, I, I, wish you, I wish you the experience that I've had here in OA. It's a, a wonderful way of life. And uh, I just uh, enjoyed it. And, and I can fully intend to, to continue doing it and expanding it, expanding it. Uh, my recovery here in a way. So thank you.